If you'll go deep into your New Testament toward Revelation, you'll get close. And uh, I want us to open the Word of God there today, this morning. This morning, I want to preach on the theme, the state of my heart. It's easy to stand here and preach on the state of your heart. But I want to look at my heart this morning as we open the Word of God. Now, the theme for Bible School is Spark Studios, recognizing that everyone's a masterpiece, so we're in a studio today. Several years ago, uh, I had the privilege to be in a literal recording studio with the Shepherd staff two times. And if you've never experienced it, it's one of the most intimidating things you can ever do in your life. When, that, when you're in the booth by yourself, and that light goes red, or you have your headphones on, begin to hear the music, it's, it's you. It's you. For instance, it goes something like this. Uh, the, the music is made, they call that a track, so they bring in the vocalist, and Dwayne Lee would sing his lead part to the song just by himself. Once they were happy with Dwayne's part, then they would bring in tenor Paul, and Paul would put on headphones, and the only thing he would hear would be Dwayne's voice and the music. So he literally would sing with them. And then I was the third person in line, and I'd put my headphones on, and I would hear Dwayne and Paul and the music, okay? I used to think that when they made an album, an album, young people, is a vinyl record. Uh, we've come the full gamut, haven't we? Albums, eight-track tapes, Oh, I used to wake up to Charlie Daniels' band, 8-track. And then uh, cassettes. Okay, reel-to-reel is before cassettes. Uh, Debbie is very old to say that. And then what happened? Cassettes were replaced by a much more convenient CD. And now we can plug our phones in and have better digital sound than we've ever had in our life simply through a phone. And uh, Marcia can play anything through an iPad, and it's the best sound you've ever heard. Uh, still, my dad would probably rather put Hovey Lister and the Statesman on a vinyl <laughs> record, and it sounds good. So I used to think if you messed up recording, you had to start the whole thing over. Not so in digital recording. They could go to a sentence that I messed up and say, sing the sentence again. They could go to a word that you messed up, messed up and crop it and edit it and insert the new word that's right. And it's not nearly as hard as you think. And they make you sound better than you really are. When I think about cutting out a sentence from a song, I think about my life, and I think about your life. And I bet there are times in our lives that we wish we could go back to and simply cut that part of my experience or my life or my Christian walk out and replace it with something better. What are you saying, Brother Greg? That all of us probably in the room today have some regrets about life. But that doesn't mean a regret should stop you from serving the Lord. It doesn't mean that, that my mistake is bigger than the grace of God. It doesn't mean that my, my mistake is too much for God to handle. The good news is he's willing to do something when we come to him, and according to Jeremiah 18, 
He can make it again if he desires. So this morning, when you think about 3 John, there are some things we probably know about it and some things, hopefully, this morning that we will learn. One of them is uh, whom John writes to. I'm going to call him Gaius in the message. Uh, it's really pronounced Gaius. And when you look at Gaius's life, John has a lot of good things to say about him. Let's pick it up. Third John, there's only one chapter in the book. We'll begin with verse 1. The elder, that's John. To the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. So if you have your Bible open, there's a pen in front of you. Circle truth. Whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. So the elder is John. The beloved is Gaius. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth, circle it, that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. And here's that very familiar verse 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Now, that would be the prayer of every parent. But the truth is, Gaius is being viewed as a spiritual son of John. Now, what are you saying, Brother Greg? Well, we pray that for our kids, our family, that they'll follow the Lord and, and uh, that they'll raise their kids to follow the Lord. You might be here this morning and say, Brother Greg, we've done everything we know how to raise our family to serve the Lord, and my adult kids aren't doing it. Well, let me tell you something. You cannot control adult children. They've got to make those decisions on their own. But you can control your prayer life. You can be disciplined. You can be obedient to the Lord and call their name every single day that you pray and say, God, would you draw them? Would you shake them? Would you bring them back to yourself? But you can't, you can't make adult children do anything. Uh, you know, as a grandparent, you find that out, do we not, grandparents? You know, you know sometimes I'll say, I'm not, I'm not sure I'd do that as a parent. I'd probably say this more. I'm not sure I would coach that way as a little league coach. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but what you want, listen, if, if you want to micromanage your grandkids, you're going to push your kids away. Okay, somebody, let's just write that down. If you want to micromanage your family and, and your grandkids, most likely you're going to hurt your own children. You got to let them make their own mistakes. And you can't spend your life saying, I told you so. I told you if you ran that car with no oil, it'd blow up. You can't do that. What you, well, listen, we're living in a day where, people, where families need encouraged. We're raised, listen, if you're here today and you're raising teenagers, nobody told you it was going to be easy. It's tough. It is tough. And your kids are facing way more than our kids faced, and our kids faced way more than we did. But the good news is, when you think about the love of God, there's a common theme, and it's called truth. 
the truth. Jesus said the truth would set you free. So he writes this letter to Gaius. Little is known about him. He most likely is a member of the church in Asia Minor where John's influence was prominent. Uh, you know, uh, when you think about little known, the unknowns, Bible school week is a week like that. There might be a, a Gaius, a little boy or a little girl in Bible school this week that the Holy Spirit of God speaks to and draws their little precious heart and they want to serve God the rest of their life. Should we not be praying for that? Listen to me, teachers. You may have the best class this week or you might have the worst class. Don't come to me tonight and tell me I've got the worst class. You say, you know what Brother Greg said? There might be a Gaius in the room. And I'm going to ask God to help us reach them for the glory of God. What a, what a blessing to know that God's going to use you workers this week. Maybe you're here and you're saying, well, I'm not serving in Bible school. Yeah, you are. You're going to pray every day for it. Amen? You're going to pray every day for it. Your giving has allowed us to do some neat things this week. Uh, a church with a healthy budget is allowed to do some good things for kids when it comes to the week of Bible school. Amen? Uh, I'm, we're getting real spiritual at the end of the week. We're going to have a dunking booth. A dunking booth. And who's going to sit on the, the chair to be dunked? Cody. And I'm going to cheer him on. It's neat to know that when you give God an opportunity, there might be a Gaius in the room. And here's the great thing about his life. Look at verse 5. Beloved, who's he talking to? Gaius. Do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers. He's talking about hospitality. Do you know some of you have the gift of hospitality? It's nothing hard on you at all to invite people into your home or provide a meal or provide an overnight stay. It's a really a part of who you are. We've had a number of evangelists stay with my mom and dad on Saturday night before revival in Vandalia. They always look forward to it. They've had Fred, uh, Fred Luter, Vance Pittman, Ed Newton. They've stayed in their home. They have the gift of hospitality. And John sees that in the life of Gaius. He says, do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers. Verse 6, who have borne witness of your love before the church, if you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well. Because they went forth for his name's sake, taking nothing from the Gentiles, we therefore ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the truth. Here it is, truth. Truth. Now, we live in a culture that we think if we Google something, it's truth when it comes back. We think if we watch the headline news, what we hear is truth. Folks, we live in a culture that all depends on what channel you watch. When you open the word of God, it doesn't matter what channel you're watching. There's only one source of truth. It is the word of God. And when you think about Gaius' life, who John says, whom I love in the truth, there's a few things. First, there's a common thread, 
truth. And he says, you've heard it, you've received it, and you now live it. So look at me this morning. Could it be that one reason the world is confused is they're watching a bunch of folks misinterpret truth? Truth. Uh, there's a song by one of the quartets called The Truth is Marching On. I would imagine next week we'll probably do something July 4th-ish, some patriotic numbers, His Truth is Marching On. Folks, I'm telling you, the banner is the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ, Jehovah Nisi. The good news is the truth never changes. It never changes. I love the fact that when we come together, uh, we recognize that there's a common thread. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, Brother Greg, and I know there is a common thread and I'm holding on by my fingertips. Well, I want to remind you this morning that the truth tells us that he's holding on to you. What's the old song say? Uh, when, you're, when you're hanging by a thread, you'll find the hem of his garment. He is holding on to you. So Gaius was dearly loved. He was a partner in ministry. The common thread was he not only heard the truth, he responded to the truth. He's now living the truth, and it gives us a great picture of him. So this morning, I want you to think, first of all, about the portrait of Gaius. A portrait. Anyone ever painted your picture? Anyone ever drawn a picture? I still have uh, something, I think I can find it at home, a charcoal drawing of myself that my art teacher did when I was in seventh grade. Man, I, I looked so cool in seventh grade. I, I was so thin in seventh grade. I can still remember it. I was sitting there, kind of like this was the pose. can't really get my leg where it is in the picture, <laughs> but I'm, I'm sitting there with this profound look, and, and it seemed like the art teacher, he, he, he captured it. So the portrait of Gaius, first of all, is his walk as a believer. Your walk is the way you live. The walk is the message that you sent, and it was a clear picture. Verse Three, for I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. There was a testimony among others, but there was also his welcome. Look at verse five. Beloved, do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren. Continue to be faithful to the call. Now, now I want to tell you what aggra aggravates a preacher to death. Half-hearted commitments. Somebody who says, I want to do it in the first sign of any difficulty, quit. Listen to me. Frustration and discouragement are all part of life. And what you have to realize is that's going to surface from time to time. And as aggravated as you can get, it still does not replace the grace of God that has been extended to my heart. So listen. There is nothing easy about Bible school. So tonight, when you get aggravated, should have been here this morning for the first service. Nothing was working, about 20 after 8. And by the grace of God, it, it started, and we had a great worship service. I believe God reminds us from time to time, listen, quit depending on other things. I'll take care of it. 
I'll take care of it. If Marcia or somebody gets up here and says, hey, grab your hymnal, we're going to sing the hymnal and worship the Lord. Our worship is not bound to technology, even though we prayed over the demons of technology at 820 this morning. Listen to me. He says his walk was changed. And I believe when, when you say yes to Jesus, it's just the biggest commitment serving the local church. Listen to me as signing your kids up for their local ball team, making sure they don't miss one practice. I'm telling you, serving the Lord goes eternally significant. It's an eternal significant issue. You see, Gaius, his picture had commitment on it. It was about his walk. And then verse 5 says, Do, keep doing what you're doing. His welcome. It was about hospitality. I love when people come to Camden to worship service and they respond that, they, that we've got a friendly church. That we have a friendly church that they felt very welcome. I love that. And then verse 6 says, he was willing. We have been born witness of your love before the church, and if you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well. Your support of the missionaries serving the Lord, continue to do it. So when I look at the portrait of Gaius, there's some neat qualities in this guy's life, even though we don't know much about him. God chooses to use him, and he certainly encouraged John. Okay? Jot this down in the letter A in your outline. Your walk with the Lord is encouraging somebody. There's somebody watching you. There's somebody listening to you at work. There's somebody that's hearing what you have to say. There's somebody that's taken notice that Jesus is making a difference in your life, and you may not even be aware of it. So John's heart is greatly blessed by Gaius. And then you get to that third verse that's so wonderful. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. So John's talking about the faithfulness of this one Gaius. Um, I mean, what a blessing, folks, to see the torch pass to the family ministry, and in a church. In a church. Some, we have uh, uh, three and four generation families in our church. What a blessing to see the torch being passed. Now, he says, whatever you do, this is B, whatever you do, do faithfully. Verse 6. If you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well. Continue to do it. Continue to be faithful. So what are some things in the life of a believer, in the life of a church, in the life of the ministry of the church that would be continuing faithful? How about preaching and teaching the Word of God? How about serving our community? How about supporting each other and supporting the works around us? How about deciding to be an encourager instead of? You want to write a few other things down? A critiquer. Now, don't you be sitting here this morning telling everybody how to do Bible school if you're not serving in it. Okay? It's like one preacher said, 
we don't like the way you're sharing the gospel at your church. The preacher said, I like the way we're sharing it better than the way you don't share it. Okay? All the best coaches in the world. I'm the best coach in the world. Sitting in sidelines with a hot dog in my hand. But I'm telling you, there's something about getting dirty and getting down there filled level, and there is nothing easy about vacation Bible school. But there's some wonderful memories, amen? There's some wonderful memories. You know this week we're going to have church kids here. We're going to have some community kids here. We're going to have relatives, family members of kids. And there might just be somebody here this week the Holy Spirit of God begins to just speak to their precious little heart. And on the night we share the gospel, Kasia, there might be some little heart that's just ready to say, I want Jesus to come into my heart. Amen, Ken. Who knows what God wants to do? Teachers, volunteers, leaders in our church, deacons, listen, you're Gaius. Be faithful. Keep doing what you're doing for the glory of God. But you know, just like life, everybody doesn't buy in. What do you mean? We're introduced in verse 9 to diotrophies or diotrophies. And diotrophies has an interesting segment, an interesting insertion into this passage. He's got a problem. Verse 9. John says, I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to have the preeminence among them, does not receive us. Therefore, if I come, I will call to mind his deeds, which he does, prating, which means talking nonsense against us with malice, with malicious words. And not content with that, he himself does not receive the brethren and forbids those who wish to, putting them out of the church. So we're introduced to Diotrephes. He's opposed to John. He loved what we would call power and position. The word preeminence is used. We see the same word used in Colossians chapter 1. The Bible says, and he is the head of the body, Jesus, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Who? Jesus, not Diotrephes. He has heart trouble, and his heart is opposite of the things of Christ. Now, put your marker in your Bible right here and go to John chapter 13. Everybody go. John chapter 13. Jesus is heading to Calvary. Got his disciples together. Ministry is in full bloom. They're together at the table. Verse 1, chapter 13. If you're there, say amen. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper, laid aside his garments, 
took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, what I am doing you don't understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. I love the fact that Jesus models what a servant looks like. I love the fact when you think about preeminence, the king of glory could have demanded everyone else get up and he would sit there and be served. But he chose to get up from the table, to get on his knees, and began to wash the feet of those who followed him. Listen to me, VBS workers, this week, you're going to be servants for the king. You're going to serve the Lord. You're going to serve these kids. You're going to serve their families. And you're going to serve each other. And I love the fact for that to happen, you've got to be willing to lay down who you think you are and pick up a towel. You know, it's interesting when you think of Diotrephes. We don't not only see the portrait of Gaius, we see the problem with Diotrephes. For instance, let's go back to James, or I'm sorry, 3 John. 3 John chapter 9. You see the problem. John says it's Diotrephes who loves to have the preeminence. He doesn't receive us. I will call to mind his deeds. So first of all, the problem is his works. It's the things he's doing. He says, I will call to mind his deeds. I will call to mind his words. And you see the New King James uses prating. It means to talk nonsense. Have you, ever, have you ever heard a Christian talk and you're thinking, that doesn't even sound like something that would come out of a Christian's mouth. Well, before we get on the high horse, listen, we all can do that. We all can do that. And he says, I'm going to bring it up, that there's an issue, that there's a problem. And it's seen in his deeds. It's seen in his talking. It's also seen in his wicked intent, malice, that he wishes evil would come upon us. And then I'm also going to recognize that the problem is he doesn't welcome people. He's not genuine. You see, the issue was Gaius was taking care of those in ministry and Diotrephes said, that's not our responsibility. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. The other night at the business meeting, I shared that uh, this is the third year of our support for one of our church plants, and we're going to be rotating away from them and looking at a partnership with a new plant. And I've been in contact with the regional director in New England, and hopefully we'll be able to partner with a church that's on the Atlantic Ocean. What does that mean, Brother Greg? that we would be partnering from sea to sea, from Seattle to Boston, or from Seattle to one of the New England states. Uh, what are we saying? We're all partners in the ministry. God didn't call us, listen, to be part of a little empire in a little town on the corner. God says, you meet your needs in Jerusalem and you continue to go where I open the door 
And as you go, you always go with the gayest heart. Don't you ever become Diotrephes. You'll regret that kind of heart and that kind of mentality. But yet there's a third one in the story. There's a third name. Um, as a matter of fact, let me read down to it. Verse 11, do not imitate what is evil, but is what is good. He who does good is of God, but he who does evil has not seen God. Verse 12, here's the third name, Demetrius. Demetrius has a good testimony from all and from the truth itself. And we also bear witness, and you know that our testimony is true. The third thing we see this morning is the partnership of Demetrius. You see, God uses us to work together for his glory. When I have the heart of Gaius, I want to be a servant. When I have the heart of Diotrephes, I get selfish. But when I have the heart of Demetrius, I want to sacrifice. Because something has taken place in my life. Mark your Bible here, and I want you to turn to Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. We're just about done. Acts chapter 19, and I will begin with verse 24. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, who made silver shrines of Diana, brought no small profit to the craftsmen. He called them together with the workers of similar occupation and said, Men, do you know that we have our prosperity by this trade? Moreover, you see and hear that not only at Ephesus, but throughout almost all of Asia, listen, this Paul has persuaded and turned away many people, saying that they are not gods which are made with hands. So Demetrius is saying, there is someone who's preaching a, another gospel, who's saying that the gods that we make are not real. Verse 27, so not only is the trade of ours in danger of falling into disrepute, but also the temple of the great goddess Diana may be despised and her magnificence destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worship. And now when they heard this, they were full of wrath and cried out, saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. So the whole city was filled with confusion and rushed into the theater with one accord. Listen, having seized Gaius and Aristarchus, Macedonians, Paul's travel companions. And when Paul wanted to go into the people, the disciples would not allow him. Then some of the officials of Asia who were his friends sent him pleading that he would not venture into the theater, and the Bible says they, are, they were confused. What are you saying, Brother Greg? Folks, I cannot help but think the Demetrius, who was an unbeliever, had a life radically changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in 3 John, John writes of his value John writes of his faithfulness. John writes of the goodness and mercy of God in his life. You say, what are you saying, Brother Greg? I'm telling you there's not a nut in this room too hard to crack. Our nation isn't, listen, hopeless. Our nation has become godless. And the only answer is turning 
back and turning to the Lord. And listen, there are plenty of Demetriuses out there creating false gods, but there's also the power of the Holy Spirit that can convict and save and draw and change and use for the glory of God. You say, well, Brother Greg, I, I, I'm grateful that I've never had a Demetrius kind of life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord that he spared you from that. Maybe you're here today and say, listen, I don't want to serve the Lord. I've got a lot of living to do, man. I want to sow my wild oats. I want to get out there and look at the world and experience life. Let me tell you, you will come back to the Lord Jesus Christ looking for contentment. A lot of folks in here today can tell you a paycheck will not make you happy. Oh, it may let you buy some things that you would like, but material things will not satisfy. You'll look for the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. uh, Parchment on your wall telling the world where you graduated will not make you happy. Oh, it's a great, it is a great accomplishment. But God gave you that to use you for his glory. You know, God gave us this building, it's hard to believe, 18 years ago. He didn't give us a building to worship. He gave us a tool to use. You know, this week in Bible school, you may see a mark on the wall or a scuff on the wall or a scuff on the carpet. You know what that means? This church is being used. Amen? For the glory of God. Three people in this, in this message... Gaius, Diotrephes, Demetrius. God, help us to be Gaius. Help us to be Gaius. The invitation is very, very simple this morning. John chapter 13, the Bible says that Jesus took a towel and washed the feet of his disciples. If you're working in Bible school this week, if you're involved in children's ministry, When we began to sing, I'm going to invite you to come and pick up a towel. And here's what you're saying. I will serve the Lord this week. I want you to put it somewhere that will remind you. You might want to put it in your VBS.